Greetings again, everyone, and welcome to episode 111 of the Three Point Podcast. I'm the grandpa, Ted Fattel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 Radio. Our middleman is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network in Charlotte, North Carolina. And our youngster is Jared Fattel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, the Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Sheridan Auction Service, the Corona Public Schools, and Promec Engineering. Also, our online syndication teammates are Sports Radio Detroit. Those good folks, definitely give them a listen to some of their programs. Never miss an episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. And shoot us your comments and questions on social media at 3 Point Pod. Well, we're recording this on Sunday evening after the Michigan and Michigan State regular season finales. A little differing end result for both. I'm sure we'll get deep into that, and that'll be coming up next right after this short break. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. 85, 90, 95, 100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan. All right, guys, uh, today was the big day, the regular season finale. Michigan State fans were rooting pretty heavy and hard for Michigan, but the Wolverines just couldn't get it done. Let's go right to you guys. Thoughts on that game first. As a Michigan fan, you obviously want them to win the game. You want them to head into tournament play on a good note, and you know they've kind of maybe been stumbling a little bit at the end of the season here, but Maryland had a lot to play for, obviously a Big Ten title. They had lost a few games in a row. And really, as far as like seeding in the Big Ten tournament, even for the NCAA tournament, this game, I mean, you're not trying to like make an excuse. This game didn't really mean a whole lot to Michigan as far as seeding goes. So it did kind of feel like Mich- or Maryland had way more to play for than Michigan, and it kind of showed. I don't know what you guys think when, when you were watching. I mean, Michigan did make a little run in the second half, but – it almost seemed like they just were ready. They're, they're just ready for tournament play. Get us out of Big Ten play and get us to March Madness. I don't, man. I'm, I'm actually shocked to hear you say that. Just, just last week we were, we were talking about, after Michigan State had just blitzed Maryland, how Maryland was the biggest fraud in all of college basketball. And now that huge fraud just crammed it right up Michigan's ass. Like, I don't, how do you, I don't understand how you can view this and have any sort of positive outlook. Just listen to this stat line from three of our guys who played 30 minutes. Isaiah Livers, 33 minutes, three rebounds, one assist, six points. John Teske, three rebounds, eight points, 30 minutes. Eli Brooks, 35 minutes, six points, two rebounds. I mean, we have a bunch of quote-unquote trillions, as Mark Titus of Fox Sports would say, which is basically where you play one minute 
and then you don't have any other stats, which is a bunch of zeros, that's what this Michigan team is filled with. We don't have one guy, like Xavier Simpson, our best player, who can score, is our best scorer probably as well, his best shot's a hook shot. <laughs> like, think about that. His best shot is something that Ted would have been shooting in 1943 when he was in high school. <laughs> this team, they are frauds. I, I really do, and I'm super worried they're going to lose the Penn State round one in the Big Ten tournament, and I'm very worried that they're going to get upset round one as a seven or eight seed, whatever they end up. I just don't see your positive outlook. Well, just before Ted jumps in, it's not necessarily a positive outlook. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, eh, it doesn't mean anything. Michigan's fine. I, I was just saying, like, I, I just feel like Maryland had a lot more to play for. I mean, they were playing for a Big Ten title, so, and they were at home. They, were, they, had, they had lost a few games in a row. Like, that's what I mean. I'm not trying to make an excuse. Yeah, it was Michigan laid an egg. Teske's been sucking balls the last month, two months, really. Yeah, and livers didn't look that good. So, right, I'm, I'm not, like, happy about it. I'm just – you could almost see that Maryland had way more to play for and Michigan maybe was just ready to be done with the season. Yeah, I wonder what the line was going in. You know, when it is senior day, and, and Maryland does have a pretty good home advantage there. Uh, anybody that thought Michigan was going to go in there and win, boy, I'll tell you what, you, were, you weren't really studying things that closely. Uh, on the overall picture – you know, I don't think that game today really made much difference. I don't think Michigan's going very far. If they win one game in the tournament, I'm talking about the big tournament, I'd be happy with that, but I kind of agree with Jared. They could easily go down in the first game. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Juwan Howard does this upcoming week, you know, especially with Teske. Uh, you know, I don't know what's wrong with him. The guy is, what, 6'10", 6'11", and how many rebounds did he have today? He had, he, I saw a crazy stat. He had zero rebounds in the first half, and that's not the first time this happened all year. No. It, 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 it's almost like it's kind of it's kind of pisses me off how Teske has done this because when he first came into Michigan, we all thought he sucked. You know, mm-hmm. we never really had any expectations whatsoever, and then he kind of took a big step last year, where we're like, "Wow, this guy's actually like pretty dang good. He's a good rebounder. He's, he's a great uh, rim protector. He's playing well on offense." And now we're kind of back to what we always expected out of Teske. So I just I just wish that we hadn't had that taste of I don't know if he was just playing out of his mind for a whole season last year, but it's like this is sort of what we always expected out of him, which is uh, just a big fat zero, zero rebounds and a half. How does that happen? Yeah, and it, it's crazy because I mean the game has changed a little bit. Guards do rebound a little more, but like Xavier Simpson had seven rebounds today, and Teske only had three. Three rebounds. Three three rebounds from a seven footer. He had like Jared said zero in the first half. You know, like I, I know the game has changed a little bit. Guards rebound more. Like Franz Wagner is like he just looks like a much better rebounder than Teske somehow. But I, yeah, is it a confidence thing? Because even when when Michigan won that tournament in the Bahamas, Teske was playing well. I think Ted, you mentioned it last week yeah. that early in the season Teske was playing well to the point where you were like, this kid's about to be first team All Big Ten. Like he he was poised to have a great season. I don't know if there was that run there where guys people were talking about a lot guys that we were playing other big men were having their like career night against Michigan yeah I don't know if like defensively Teske had that's kind of like messed up his offense you know maybe he is a little streaky of a shooter and now that he's been missing a lot like losing confidence yeah I don't know to me I just he's always been he's a skilled big man he's always just been so soft I get so frustrated when he goes up and like doesn't dunk I know that's like coming from a dude who can't dunk, so I know that's like kind of funny to say. But it's like he does go up sometimes and dunk. It's like why don't you do that all the time? Even like Austin Davis, big country, will like go up and throw the ball down. And it's like Teske, what are you doing? He gets pushed around down low, 
and he tries these like little like finesse post moves, and they always come up short. So I, I'm actually like a little frustrated. Like he's a he's a senior, so you're gonna at this point in the season you got to roll with him. Like he's your guy, roll with him. I almost wish like in the middle of the season they would have moved and put Brandon Johns at the five and just try to get a little more athletic. I'm not saying it would have been better, but at least they would have been more athletic. That's not a bad thought, but also, I mean, you, you brought up Big Country Davis. Why not give him more minutes? I mean, the guy plays, he's a big man, and he plays like a big man. I mean, you got to have one guy that's going to be relentless on the boards and attack the rim. I mean, look at Xavier Tillman from Michigan State. I mean, he, he's a savage, and I don't know what happened to Teske because he, he did have moments earlier in the season and last year where he did rebound the ball. I mean, I, I hate to say this, and we're going to be getting into Michigan State also, he needs a good Tom Izzo ass chewing. I think is what he needs. <laughs> yeah, I actually do agree with that. But what are you? Listen to what you're saying, Austin Davis. Like, we've seen this guy, right, with the the arm like shoulder brace, and I know he's like he plays okay in spot minutes. But you're telling him that you wanted him to play 30, 29 minutes like John Teske did today. I mean, listen to what you're saying. I I stand by it. I like the way Davis plays. The only, I I like the way Davis plays. The one thing I do wonder is, like, would he be able to do that in extended minutes? Like, that's my only thought. Like, I wonder if, so, like, just today he played 11 minutes versus Teske played 29. Like, if you just flip-flop that, would Davis have the same production? You know, you, you wonder if, like, his production comes because he only plays 11, 12 minutes a night. But, it, you know, at some point, like, like I said, you know, we're heading into the tournament play. You're not going to make a huge change in the lineup now. I mean, you could. But, like, I, I almost wish that, he would have tried Juwan or, you know, someone would have tried starting Johns. But actually, well, Livers was hurt, so you had to start Johns in Livers' place. So that kind of screwed some stuff up. Well, isn't there, isn't there a way, though, that they could kind of make it a hybrid and play Johns well, more minutes and were, play Davis more minutes? If you remember, and we talked about this, I think, last pod, where Mitch McGarry, he didn't start all year. It was always Jordan Morgan. And then it was about, you know, I don't know if it was the very first game of the tournament or in the Big Ten tournament where we started starting Mitch McGarry. Now, we don't have a Mitch McGarry in the reins, a five-star recruit. We have Austin Davis. And we have Brandon Johns, who's okay, but he, he would get absolutely torn up inside like we've seen happen to Teske, so I guess it might not be much worse. But I don't like that all the blame has been put on Teske. I mean, do we, listen, I, mean I, I know I said it already, but Brooks, Teske, Livers, they literally were zeros today. And, and it's been like that a lot of this season. I mean, Eli Brooks plays literally almost every single minute and he musters up six points and two rebounds. There's so like I almost feel like I could do that. And and I know that it sounds like I'm joking when I say that. I'm honestly not. <laughs> Me, the same guy who spent the night puking after he played a few games of pickup basketball, could go in there and put up what we have a few of our guys playing big time minutes doing. I mean, I, I, I kind of I just I don't like is it the team just isn't good. We we were we were teased. We had a lucky run in the battle for Atlantis when everyone else was kind of still kind of finding their footing, and we, we were teased. We were tricked, duped. I'm not going to go as far as saying they're not good. There's a lot of talent on that team. I, you know, and I think Brooks is one of those guys that he plays his role. Like, he's not expected to score 10, 12, 15 points a night. It'd be nice to see more than six, maybe. It'd be nice to see, like, eight, nine. But he's more of, like, a, a defensive stopper, you know, like a ball handler. He's not expected to score a ton of points. So, like, the point production from him – I, I, that doesn't really bother me, but his shot has just been so – like one game he'll just be on fire, and the next two or three he doesn't hit anything. I, I feel like that's kind of just been this team, really, it seems like for the last few years we've been saying that about Michigan, like so hot and cold. And 
I, I guess that's my thing. Like, there is talent on the bench. Like, David DeJulius comes in and scores 20 today. Yeah, he had a nice and game. Brandon Johns, like, I know he's not a five-star Mitch McGarry, but Brandon Johns almost won Mr. Basketball in Michigan. So, like, he's not a scrub. So that's where I'm like, I know these guys are seniors. and You're, you're definitely not benching Simpson. I mean, he's the leader of the team. But, like, Teske, I don't, it probably would have shot his confidence even more if you moved him to the bench. But, yeah, yeah I, I feel like if they could – if everyone was healthy, this team, we've seen what they can be when they're healthy and playing well. I mean, they went, they went on like a 7-1 and one stretch in, in February. They, they were playing really well. But, yeah, but like you said, Jared, they, I could also see them getting bounced in the first round. So, Well, you yeah. know, every team has to have – they have to have coaching. And right now we're going to see what Jawan Howard can do. We've been impressed with him for the most part, I think. I, I don't think I'm speaking out of line. He's had a pretty good first season – coming in, uh, filling in for Beeline. I mean, they have, they've had their ups and downs, but I think he's, he's done a pretty good job, and I think the future looks good for, for him at U of M. Now, right now, they got to get ready for a big Big Ten tournament and then also the big one. We'll see what Jawan Howard's made out of. Let's see if he makes some subtle adjustments, and let's see if they play better on a neutral court. You know, today, I, again, I don't think too much about today's game because Maryland's a tough place to play, and they do. I mean, let's face it, they, they're, they're a tri-champion of the Big Ten, so that's not a shitty team at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I know we were saying that they're frauds, and I do still kind of feel that way. They Maryland played well today, but, I mean, they're, they're the kind of team, too. Like, I could very easily see them not making it to the second weekend of the NCAA right. tournament, like if they just have a cold shooting night. But so where, where do we kind of stand maybe before we move on to Michigan state, unless you guys have more on Michigan, do you, I've seen a lot of people kind of throwing it around on Twitter. Like you said, Jared, winning that battle of Atlantis, maybe set the bar a little high for this team, this Michigan team. Do you feel like, like if you just had to say did Jawan Howard in his first year exceed expectations, meet expectations, or did he, is he below what expectations were? I think expectations were that they, they would make the tournament. Right. So I think if they win a game in the tournament, that's exceeding expectations. If they get bounced round one, I think that that's not meeting the expectations. Or that yeah. that's just kind of like, okay, they had an okay year. That's what we expected. Because, I mean, when you look at this roster coming in, I mean, no, we weren't really impressed with anyone. I mean, we liked Xavier Simpson, but the rest of this roster, we kind of thought that it was going to be a down year. Like, kind of like what a Minnesota is doing this year, where they're 500, you know, maybe they flirt with the tournament. But my biggest concern is, is, I think they've reached expectations, to answer your question, Matt. But my biggest concern with this team is, on offense, we really don't have a guy. Last year, we had Iggy. We had somebody who had, like, some charisma, some swag. And I know that, I mean, we made it to the Sweet 16 last year, but we, that wasn't even, like, a satisfying we got blown out by Texas Tech. This year, we don't really have that. Like I said, our best offensive threat is a guy who shoots hook shots. I like Xavier Simpson. I think he's really good, but I don't see a world where he goes on a Kemba Walker Type run. I don't think we have that. I don't think he has that in his arsenal. I don't think we have that. So I, I just they've exceeded expectations. To yeah. Answer your question. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. And I also think that heading into the tournaments, um, we don't have any expectations. You know, we'll see what happens if they can make a little run. Hey, we'll be happy as hell. But you know, there's no real expectations after seeing what happened today, where they're seated in the Big Ten tournament, and probably going to be a six six seed or maybe even seventh in the uh, in the Big Dance. So. Stay tuned. You know, talk about a team though that's meeting expectations like they do every single year in March. Michigan State Spartans, and once again, uh, on Senior Day, packed house at Breslin, they got it done today. And how impressive was that win against a good Ohio State team? Yeah, I mean, you knew that 
a- any senior night, you've been watching them. We've all been watching oh, yeah. them say senior nights ever since Izzo's been there, even longer than that. But every senior night, they, they seem to show out. And especially, you knew Cassius Winston's senior night. It was They were going to play their best game of the season. And he even probably played maybe his best game of the season or one-off. And, yeah, Ohio State, I mean, they had a, they were had a lot to play for, too. They, they weren't just laying down. So it, that was a, an impressive win. And like you said, they're hitting their stride. Tillman, we've talked about it, I feel like, the last couple weeks. Tillman playing great. Rocket Watts playing great. Henry, Winston. I mean, they're, they're not going to be a number one seed, but you'd have to think that a lot of people are going to be Michigan, picking Michigan State to be in the Final Four. I don't think anybody's going to want to play them. Yeah, I don't know how you – I mean, you talk about a team that's playing at the, pretty much the peak of their powers right now. I mean, Tom Izzo's talking about how they need to find another Robin behind Xavier Tillman, and that's what Rocket Watts is doing. I mean, he balled out today. Can't miss. His name is Cassius Winston. He's been balling out lately, where he just is making like basically every single three he's shooting the last five games. It's just crazy to me how fast things can turn. We saw this uh, last week. We talked about it. How we were looking up title odds for Michigan, like plus five, plus five thousand. Like we're like that's great odds, and now we just the, the tables have flipped so much that Michigan State is now. We've seen this story so many times before. I mean, would any of us like bet against Michigan State not making a run to the Final Four? I wouldn't. I, and, and as somebody who last year continually bet, like doubled down every single game that Michigan State lost up until when they played Duke and beat the mighty Zion, like I can't go through that again. I really can't. And, and I, I just, it's sad because I know that's what's coming. So just get ready for it. Yeah. You know, we posted earlier our quick hit videos on Twitter, and, you know, one of my points was, and you've brought it up on this podcast multiple times, you know, the last Big Ten team to win the national championship was Michigan State, and that was 20 years ago. Well, you know, 20 years have gone by, and I just get this feeling that this Spartan team has some of that mojo going their way. Will they win the national championship? Still, it's it's a tall task, but – I think the starting five they have, they got some of the guys coming off the bench, and Tom Izzo. This is a team I could easily see with the right kind of draw make it to a Final Four again. I mean, everything's there, right? Like yeah. you said, the 20 years, Cassius Winston going out on top like Mateen Cleaves did. I mean, it, it really is all there, right? Yeah. No other team in college basketball has really like dominated from start to finish. I mean, Gonzaga, but Michigan beat Gonzaga early in the season. Do you really trust Dayton? Do you really trust Baylor? San Diego State. Do you really trust Maryland? Like we said, you know, so like what team outside of Michigan State would you truly trust to make a run? Like even, you know, Duke, you don't really trust them this year. So like when you're filling out your bracket, obviously we've said before, it's all about matchups too. So we'll see who uh, Michigan State's region is, but it's tough not to just already pencil them into the Final Four. The two teams that I'm looking at, without even seeing a bracket, without seeing how they play in their conference tournament, it's Kansas 1. And it's Michigan State, too. And especially if Michigan State keeps winning, we talked about how there's been this 20-year drought. If they wear the jerseys that they wore today, the throwback 2000 jerseys, which are sweet. Oh, they're awesome. Wear those in the tournament, all bets are off. I seriously think that might be, like, the missing ingredient that they've been missing all this time. Where they make it to the Final Four, this might be the thing that puts them over the edge. Yeah, get rid of that lime green crap and keep those uniforms all the way. Yeah. But they're, they're under, did you say the highlighter crap? The, yeah, the lime green highlighter. Crap. Oh yeah, but they're the, those black ones with the lime green. They're undefeated when they play those, though. Ooh, that's a thought. I but that's a I, thought. Yeah, they still look like garbage. <laughs> but see, it's kind of the same with Kansas. Like Kansas is always that team. It seems like that when they're the overall yeah. number one or when they're the number one seed, they don't even make it like to the Sweet Sixteen or they get beat in the Sweet Sixteen. So like, 
I know they're they're playing great, so I know what you're saying, Jared. But like, I'm not I'm not just like putting them in the final. I probably will because their region probably yep. will be favorable. But maybe it's just because we're you know we grew up in Michigan watching the Spartans. Like I, I I just feel like right now they have to be the favorite. Yeah, Kansas still has to prove it to me, but they're going to be the top rated team, aren't they? They're going to be the top seed. Yeah, they should be. So who do we credit for this? Is it is it Izzo? And he just he knew like kind of how to perfectly manipulate the team. They he knew they're gonna take some bumps along the route to get them playing their best in March. Is it you know maybe Cassius Winston? Obviously he's he's kind of had a change of perspective after everything that's happened to his brother. Where maybe he's just finally has kind of you know put that behind him and he kind of has a new outlook on life where it's not all about you know basketball. Where he kind of is a new guy now. Like what is it? Is it is it just is it, or is it just flat out Rocket Watson finally living up to his billing? I mean what is it? <laughs> I, mean, I think it's more? I think it's like all of what you said. Obviously, Izzo gets a ton of credit. He knows how to like recruit the right guys for his style of play. But also, like I think Ted, either the week last week or the week before, you mentioned how uh, they they usually play a pretty tough non-conference schedule. Like they opened right. up with Kentucky, they played Seton Hall, uh, they played Duke, and they had a couple other like decently, you know, like Georgia and a couple other teams that are like decently tough non-conference games and you know usually they lose one or two of those they lost to kentucky they lost to virginia tech they lost to duke so you know like sometimes they do lose those games but i think Izzo knows that that only makes them tougher this time of year they he can teach like come come this time of year they're ready they've already played three or four of the best teams in the country even if they lost those games they've already played them they've been through a big 10 schedule so like i don't know if that's like if that's all Izzo, if they, you know, knowing the schedule or whatever, but I, th- I think that that is big. Yeah, and, and you guys know I'm going to go with uh, my age group on this. Izzo is where it starts. There's no doubt in my mind. This has been a prototypical Tom Izzo coach team, especially to the where the point where we're at right now. But it's not just all Izzo. I mean, uh, you got the big three. It's Izzo, it's Winston, and it's Tillman. Now look at Tillman. You know, this guy – yeah, he's got talent without a doubt, but uh, he has a lot going on in his personal life, just like uh, just like Winston. But they pulled it all together. Tom Izzo was the master uh, as far as orchestrating this team again, and man, they're ready to go. This is a they're five they put out there along with the coaching they they have. That is not a team you want to play. Where do we stand on the? And we're recording this just right after the Michigan State game. Yeah. Chris Holtman, Ohio State's coach, basically just came out and said that they need to keep the kissing the Spartan tradition after the game. Don't <laughs> do it during the game. I think he just thought, and I hate Michigan State as much as the next guy, but that tradition is as cool as it, as it gets. And I think he just kind of, when he says that, he just comes off as a crybaby loser who's a sore loser. Like, beat them then. Then they don't kiss the floor. Then they don't have that. 100% agree. That's, that's BS. It's BS, and he comes off like a crybaby loser, just like Archie Miller did, yep. Indiana's coach, when he was calling Joe Lenardi Oscar the Grouch, basically, or you know whatever exactly he was saying. They, they come off like crybabies because that, that's the stuff that makes that makes college basketball stand out from professional sports. I mean, like you said, I, I am not a Michigan State fan. When you know you see Mateen Cleaves after they're beating Michigan by like sixty the year that they that they made the run to the title game, and you know they're kissing the uh, Spartan logo, and then you see Cassius Winston. Yeah, it kind of, like, as a non-Michigan State fan, you kind of don't like it, but at the same time, like, it's awesome. It's, it's tradition. Like, that's what makes college sports cool. So hearing him say that, like, it, it makes him sound lame. It, it makes him sound like a, yeah, crybaby, because it's like, 
Well, I bet on their senior night, he probably subbed his guys out so they could get a standing ovation. Like, get over it. Maybe maybe should have won the game if you didn't want to see that. Yeah, that's just. I mean, that's one of those deals where. And I've always I've always been this way. Sometimes when I was younger, I'd be quick to react to things. But I've learned in my old age and also business acumen. If every once in a while, if I'm I'm kind of tempted to tell somebody off or fire off a nasty email, and I've always gone by the code. You better sleep on it before you comment. And I think if Ohio State's coach sleeps on it tonight, he's going to say, man, I regret saying that. I do. I did look like an asshole. You're spot on with the Archie Miller. How how bullshit was what he said? Yeah. Saying that Joe Lenardi, I don't even know what he really meant by it. For those who don't know, Archie Miller in the postgame after they lost to Wisconsin basically said, oh, Joe Lenardi is Sesame Street. Uh, He only makes fun of Indiana to drive his ratings. He should go sit sit in a trash can or some BS like that. Joe Lenardi, listen, you can hate any sports broadcaster out there. If there ever is a guy who is just perfect and everything about him, it's Joe Lenardi. Don't come after him. He's the same. He's everything that's right in this world, everything. He's just a perfect guy. And his response to it was perfect. He basically said, oh, I'm watching Sesame Street right now with, uh, with uh, Archie Miller right now. I just don't understand, like you said, that's spot on, Ted, where it's like, just sleep on it. That's, who, what do you get out of calling out Joe Lenardi, the guy that everyone loves? Right. Well, and, like, what what are you so mad about Joe Lenardi? Like, he literally, all he does is bracketology. And, like, all he does is watch the games. He doesn't have, like, a personal vendetta against Indiana. If Indiana was 14-6 and six in Big Ten play and he was picking them not to be in the tournament, that's one thing. Indiana's under 500 in the Big Ten. So, like, he doesn't have something against Indiana. I don't, maybe he does. I don't know him personally. Maybe he does, but I really don't think he does. All he does is predict who's going to be in the tournament. So what are you so mad about? Uh, yeah, so that was that was pretty ridiculous seeing him, like, snap. But, I mean, so what do you – we kind of already said it. Are you guys – is Michigan State the favorite to you guys to win it all? Are they going to win the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament? Or do you think that – you know, we saw them during the season have a couple little rough stretches. Do you think they're past that? I don't think they're the favorite to win it all. Like I said, I would probably still take Kansas and maybe some of the other overall one seeds because – as we talked about, the drought in the Big Ten, I mean, how can you take them to win it all with knowing the history that's behind the last 20 years they have been able to do it? The thing that's going to I'm really interested to see is this. Either the Big Ten is about to ravage the tournament and just dominate because they're quote-unquote so good, they're so deep, or we're going to find out that none of these teams are any good. Like we've kind of predicted it's going to happen. We're going to see a lot of them drop out Michigan. Um, like the Indianas, who are barely going to sneak in, the Maryland's are going to end up getting upset. So we're going to find out about Michigan State, but I think that you have to take them to the Final Four. I really do, uh, depending on who they're matched up. Obviously, it's all about seeding and who they're going to end up playing. But how do you not take them to win the Big Ten tournament and then eventually go to the Final Four? What happens there is kind of just luck of the draw, but I think you got to take them at least to the Final Four. Yeah, well, today, you know, and again, we're recording this raw right after the games, and Michigan State was super impressive. I agree with exactly what you just said, Jared. I think they've got to be the favorite to win the Big Ten tournament. They'll, I think they'll be in the finals for sure of the Big Ten tournament, and uh, i got to look at them right now in the Final Four. Now, next week, we're going to know what the draw is, and we'll have our predictions at that point, maybe take our look at the brackets. But I think Michigan State's probably going to be the uh, banner carrier, if any team is in the Big Ten, to uh, break that drought. So we, we talked about Michigan a little bit, and you're, so it sounds like you guys are more leaning towards Michigan State. Are you guys – on the side that you don't think Michigan really has a shot? Because I, I, as a fan, you know, this is like fandom coming out. I can admit that. I'm looking at when they were playing their best. When when Livers came back, they were playing their best. 
on a neutral court. They've been one of the best teams on a neutral court over the last three years. They're like 30-5 and five in the last three years on a neutral court. That's with Simpson, with Teske, and, and with Livers. Franz Wagner is coming on. You know, I'm trying to sell it to you guys here. Like, do you think <laughs> that Michigan can actually, like, get away from Big Ten play and, like, put it all together for one weekend? You know oh, what I mean? Oh, man. You got you to gotta put I, – I thought about this as well. You got to put your fandom aside. I, I, you really do. It, it kills us all the time. Think about the Ohio State. Michigan lets us down every time. They really do. Other than a couple years where we had great runs to the championship game, they almost always let us down. Football, Ohio State. This is just going to be another one of those years. Do not take them. Be pleasantly surprised. They make the Sweet 16. Be pleasantly surprised, but do not take them to make the Sweet 16. Yeah, that's a perfect that's way. Of, that's a perfect way of putting it. I, I, I think they have the potential to win two games, the first two games, and get to the Sweet 16, but that's as far as any expectation I have. No way will they make it to the Final Four. you got to play the games, right? You do, and I like your fandom. I liked your sales pitch, but I'm thinking with my head right at the moment from what I see. Yeah, they played er- they played well earlier, and I know what you're saying about neutral court. It depends, too, what the draw is. Now, now logically, take your fan cap off, Matt. What mm. do you really think? I, I think they... You know, the Big Ten tournament, who knows what's going to happen. I mean, that's one weekend. Who knows? They could get hot. Yeah. I don't think they'll win the Big Ten tournament, but you never know. I think, like, the Sweet 16 is probably as far as they can go. If they get a good a good draw for that first weekend and, you know, just have a good two games, they can make it to the second weekend. But, right, just the way they're playing right now, I, I think it'd be tough to see them make it past the Sweet 16. I'd be lying if I didn't say, like, as soon as that bracket comes out, I'm going to rationalize how they can make a run based on the matchup. I, I know that's coming. I just hope that I'm smart enough to tell myself, like, don't fall for it. Don't do it. Now, we'll see. Now, let me ask you, you're going to look at the bracket. Real quick question. Do you guys play multiple brackets or do you just play one main bracket and make your picks? I, I'll play more than one. You know, I'll get in more than one pool. Mm-hmm. But I, I basically play the same bracket yep. because, I mean, you, you could just – make yourself go crazy by picking a ton of different games. But I, I used to, like in college, I would play like eight, ten brackets and pick different outcomes for all of them. But I, yeah, I don't really do that anymore. Yeah, I used to be the same that, way. That, yeah, no, I hope that – sorry to cut you off, but no, that ruins it. You take one bracket, one official bracket, that's what you enter into everything. That's what you go by. It's your Bible. Because what, um, what pisses me off is when people will pick multiple brackets and, and – Ted, I think this was you last year. No, no, no. Oh. May have, it may have been years before, but last couple of years I've stuck yeah. with one bracket. No, you pick one bracket. Anyone can pick the championship team when you pick when you get ten guesses at it. I know. What's impressive is when you can win a bracket with one bracket. Agreed. I agree, and I go with one bracket. So we're all in agreement on that. And, you know, we're also very interested in what's going to be happening down in Detroit, and I'm talking about the uh, brand-new sports book going to be opening up. We're going to talk about that next. Before we get to it, though, I want to tell you about the CoronaConnection.com. They know it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on all that is Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. And speaking of Corona, make Corona your school of choice. Begin your garden and kindergarten registration for next fall is underway. Young or old, it's great to be gold. 
And hey, I want to thank Advanced Elevator Company. They have signed up for another six months of sponsorship here on Three Point Pod. They feature great top expert field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators. An area business leader and longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools and a proud partner of Three Point Podcast. Before we get to our gambling topic, guys, I want to send a little shout out to our sponsors. I mean, they've been with us from day one. They're re-upping. They like what they hear. They like and I, this is the key. They like when somebody goes in their business or sees them on the street and tells them they hear their spots here on Three Point Podcast. I mean, it's gratifying to us, but it's awesome for the sponsors to hear that. Like you said, they've been on board ever since we started. And yeah, we definitely appreciate their support and all the, the listener support. And we hope that they're helping us drive our audience and we're helping people uh, drive their customers too. Absolutely. All right, let's get into it, Jared. Set it up. So, fellas, we made it. <laughs> Heaven is on earth. So, March 11th. So, wait, wait, uh, Jared. From now. You, you saw, Jared, you saw Field of Dreams, right? <laughs> so, you're, you're going to be like, when, yep. is this heaven? No, it's Greek town. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did see Field of Dreams on my way to a Tigers game, believe it or not. Underrated movie. Anyway, so, yes, Heaven is on earth. That's exactly what I'm going to be like, Matt, is on March 11th. Three different casinos are going to be opening up sports books in Detroit, most notably MGM Grand and the Greek Town Casino. And the the news has been popping off with what this place is going to look like. And when I say it's heaven on earth, I know I've said that. That's the only like that's the only descriptor for it. You walk by this place, a million TVs, uh, lazy boys everywhere, like a Wall Street ticker on the walls with all the lines, kiosks everywhere. Here's a quote from. The, his name is Louis Thoreau. He's basically the vice president of MGM, and this is what he said. He said, they have eight ticket counters that will be manned by our employees. Guests can come up, go to the ticket counter, place their bets, just like they've done in Vegas, if they've ever done it there. Uh, but they're also like, and this is the key thing, because we know it's going to be packed for a long time, probably a month, two, three months. They have kiosks throughout the casino where you can just walk up to it, just like it's a slot machine, and place bets without even having to, having to go in the money line. Wow. That's what's key. Because I don't know about you guys, but I'm extremely worried that for a couple months here, two, three, maybe even a year, it's going to be so packed in there that you're not even going to be able to enjoy it. You're almost going to be like, I need to get out of here because I'm claustrophobic. But all in all, very happy day, March 11th, mark it on your calendars. Yeah, I think early on it's going to be packed. I don't think it's going to go on for months. I think, you know, that first week, you know, there's going to be a lot of people, especially with the March Madness tournament. Here's what I'm going to throw on the table. Uh, I'm going to definitely make an extreme effort to get down there before March Madness starts. And, Jared, you're welcome to come with me if your schedule allows it. And, Matt, you're welcome to uh, send along any wagers you want to. But I'll go down there, and we'll see how the three-point podcast guys do. But I'm, I'm definitely planning on going down there. My personal opinion, my personal preference is going to be Greektown. I love going to Greektown anyway. Pizza Popolis has some of the best pizza around, and – you know, we're going down to opening day, but I hope to get down there before opening day because, you know, I want to get down there before the tournament starts. Yeah, I mean, Mark, it, it's smart on them. We've talked about it before. It, it's smart by them to get it really going before March Madness because that's, that's one of the biggest weekends of the year in Vegas, and, you know, a lot of sports books. So, so good on them to get that going. And I think it probably will be busy for a while, especially, like you said, through March Madness. But, you know, I'm sure you, you'll be able to figure out certain times or weekends yeah. or certain days during the week that it won't be as busy. But, you know, the excitement is going to be there at first. And it, it's going to be really cool. 
So hearing you, I'm not trying to like poo-poo on here excitement, Jared, but have you ever been to, you've probably been to Soaring Eagle, I would assume. Have you ever been mm-hmm. to like a, a bigger casino than Soaring Eagle or a sports No. Place? Well, I just, I mean, as we know, I just turned 21 a couple weeks ago. The only place that I was ever really allowed into was Soaring Eagle in, in uh, Mount Pleasant. So that's why I'm looking forward to kind of because, I mean, here's a quote from Dave Fortnoy. Uh, of like Barstool Sports, uh, obviously he's he's kind of he works for Penn Game, Game Gaming, and they own the Greektown Greektown Casino, and he's basically explaining that the Greektown Casino is it's like a Vegas casino. It's almost like they took a casino out of Vegas and dropped it right in Detroit. That's how that's like how highly he thinks of this place. So the fact that that is what I have to look forward to, not only the sports book, but I can also go into this like sweet looking casino. I mean, just going to a casino and, and people watching is some of the most fun you can have anywhere. Well, Portnoy's right because I've been to Vegas and I've been to the Vegas sports books. And Greektown, if you walked into Greektown Casino, other than the sports book, you would think you're in Vegas. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, that's how it's set up. And what's nice about Greektown, like I said, and Detroit in general, I mean, it's, it's close enough to all the entertainment stuff with sports. You know, you're walking distance from Comerica, Ford Field, and Little Caesars. Greektown itself, it's just one street, Monroe Street, but it's all kinds of restaurants and bars. And, and at nighttime, you know, it's kind of cars don't drive down the street. People are walking all over the place, and it's going to be just a, an incredible atmosphere in there. It definitely is going to add to what's going on in Detroit for sure. Oh, it's going to be an awesome atmosphere, and hopefully uh, we, we were tweeting it out and there was some discussion on social media. Hopefully they do it right, I guess, you know, because if, if you're going to try and get people to come downtown, you've already mentioned some of the restaurants and stuff. you got to have good places to eat. you gotta got to have good parking, easy parking. Yep. Hopefully, like, the Uber, Lyft, you know, the, the taxi mm-hmm. situation is going to be good. You know, you got to have that stuff because if you really want people to come back, that's the kind of stuff you got to have, good hotels and stuff like that. So so hopefully they get all that, you know, worked out and figured out. So having Barstool on, like you mentioned, is just going to be great because they, they have just an enormous following. So that so that's mm-hmm. just that's good right there. But so I it, the way you described it, I am curious to see, like, what it actually ends up looking like in the casino because in Connecticut there's two huge uh, casinos. Foxwoods is one. It's the second biggest yep. casino in America. And then Mohegan Sun. It's like it's it's top ten biggest casino in America too. Those are they're both like an hour away from Bristol in Connecticut. So we used to go over there often. I mean, it was like on a if you had a random Tuesday, a random Thursday, or even weekends off or whatever, you would have head over to Foxwoods or Mohegan and just gamble or like you said, Jared, just people watch, walk around and have a couple drinks, see a couple shows or whatever. So. I am curious to see what they end up making the casinos downtown Detroit look for. Well, they have to make the sports book look identical to what they have in Vegas. I mean, you got all the theater seats, you got the massive TV screens with all the games from different areas on it. It's just an electric atmosphere. It's awesome, and and they got to do what it I'm, just like that. The pic- and the, and you're exactly right. They got it. They and from what I've heard, that's exactly what it's going to look like. The thing that's good about the barstool people being on is say what you want about, you know, whatever they do, but they know gambling, right? Yeah. They, they're big-time gamblers. They know sportsbooks. They know that. They're going to make sure that that place is, like, up to snuff, mm-hmm. the fact that they even own it. And and I'm just looking at pictures of the MGM, the Moneyline Lounge is what it's called. We mentioned, I mentioned how it's kind of the perfect blend of you have the bar, which is basically the only way to describe it, Buffalo Wild Wings on steroids. <laughs> and what's nice about it, and they understand this, they have the one huge TV for the, the marquee game, right, with the sound pumping through. Then they have all the bunch of smaller ones yep. all around. Yep. 
but the thing that's key is they have the they have the kiosk outside where you can just if you don't want to go in there just place a bet and then you're on your way. But they also have the bar and the food and the and the lounge where you can go inside and do that as well. I mean, how do you not? How does this, like? Just, I get the chills just thinking about this the first time I walk in there. Yeah. It's going to be a great moment. Yeah, and you got to, you know, I like the idea of the kiosk outside, but man, you got to go in. You got no matter how busy it is, you got to get that atmosphere uh, inside. You gotta, yeah, you've got to go in because I'm, I'm telling you, I, I've never been to Vegas, but those two casinos in Connecticut that are bigger than a lot of the ones in Vegas. It's just, it is. It's almost like intoxicating. Like, I, you know, they always talk about they pump oxygen or whatever they pump into yep. casinos to make people happy and want to blow their money. But you go there, like, thinking, no, I'm only spending 100 or 200 bucks, and next thing you know, you're hitting the ATM, and it can be a little dangerous once you, once you get some drinks flowing, too. But it's all about that atmosphere. It's fun, and you got people that are excited because they're watching the games, they're watching a fight or whatever. And, I mean, hopefully, you know, People kind of get themselves into trouble sometimes at casinos. You don't want that to happen, but it's just, it's a cool atmosphere. And you know, there, March Madness obviously is one, but I think maybe we talked about it or maybe on Twitter. But a weekend that would be awesome too is Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have their third uh, rematch Ooh. July 18th. The Tigers are also home that night, so you can go down, catch a Tigers game, walk over to the casino, play some bets on Fury Wilder three. That'd be a hell of a weekend to be downtown Detroit. Yeah, you want to book your rooms right now if you're going to stay down there. And I'll tell you the one thing, they're not dumb down there either. Anytime there's a big event in town, whether it be a concert or a big uh, ball game, man, those hotels downtown, they jack them up. Oh, yeah. yeah. But that way, if you go with a bunch of buddies, though, you know, you can defer some of that cost. And, uh, man, you can make yourself a heck of a weekend. Oh, that, that's mm-hmm. what we used to do. And I, I don't mean to keep bringing up those casinos in, in Connecticut, but we used to do that. We'd get like one or two rooms and split it between whatever, five, six, seven dudes. Yeah. You know, all you're doing is going up there to pass out and then leave in the morning. So you basically just need a bed. I think I slept in a bathtub one time when we were there. But, um, yeah, you do that, and you you have yourself a good time. I don't know. I think Jared's going to get in trouble. He's already got faster horses on the schedule. I could see, well, some, me, I, I could see a couple times down in Detroit for you and your buds. Tell me if this does not sound like – the best place on earth, at least if you were like a 21-year-old. Right. So what Portnoy said is basically that they're trying to turn Greek Town into a nightclub like slash sportsbook, like a high-end uh, sportsbook with bottle service and like in, like dancing and stuff. I mean, tell me that that's not the perfect setup. Dance a little bit, then go when you're when you're at the bar. You want to kind of chill out for a second. You got best place, and you're watching sports everywhere. Yeah. I mean, no, it's perfect. On, yeah, the way he's ideal. describing it, and on paper. It sounds great. What it comes down to, you got to have the right people going there, though. Yeah. Like that. I, I love Detroit. I love Michigan. I, you know, but once the like glitter and the glam, the new, the honeymoon era or the honeymoon phase wears off, hopefully, like people keep going and keep spending money and keep it going because you you wouldn't want to see like in a year, two years, three years it starts to dip off and kind of like fall apart. You know. Yeah, I don't expect it to though because Greektown, yeah, they have some. Like any big city, they have some uh, rougher elements at times, but I think overall it's pretty safe down there, and the, and the clientele isn't bad at all, and it is pretty well patrolled by the police too. So I don't I don't expect that to, to falter. Here's the thing: can they can they keep it going for a long time? That's that's something important. It's crazy to me though. It really doesn't matter. They don't need this thing to you know make a ton of money. Us personally are very invested that it goes well, but I was just looking up some stats. It's crazy the amount of money casinos make on penny slots like i saw somewhere like in vegas 
they're making three hundred million on penny slots, and their sports books are making like ten million. <laughs> like, yeah. it, like if, if that ever tells you like you should never ever be on the penny slots or such a scam, that should be it right there. So it's kind of funny to think like we're making such a big deal about it, but the sports books they could kind of almost care less. It's kind of just a small little eh, might as well have it. We'll throw it in. Well, I don't know about you guys, but that's what I'm most excited about. You know, I'm pretty conservative when it comes to my hard earned cash, and I absolutely think that slots are about as boring as shit i don't mind going down and if i got an hour or two to kill i'll play the slots for a while i'll give myself a limit you know 50 bucks or whatever and if i can play for an hour or two and maybe go through my money at that two hour point okay that's okay but it's still boring sports book though is a different story and especially if you're down there to actually watch the event live because it's like you said, Jared, it's like a, a Buffalo Wild Wings on steroids. People are going nuts that got money on these games, and it's just intense. I love it. I can't wait. Yeah, it, it, it should be really cool, and maybe, I don't know if we got more to say, but before we move on, so one of our one of our followers, one of our listeners, Dan Sargent, we've, I think mm-hmm. we brought him up before. He's a Corona mm-hmm. alum. He tweeted out something. He moved out to Vegas in 2006, and a guy that he worked with, he said that, he tweet, Dan Sargent tweeted this out, that his coworker gave him the best advice when he moved to Vegas. He told him, remember, this town is built on losers. <laughs> so hopefully hopefully that doesn't happen in Detroit. But to your point, Jared, he, with that tweet, yeah, Nevada Gaming Control tweeted this out, some of the numbers. So in Nevada casinos, in just January, their net win, blackjack, $96 million, craps, $33 million, roulette, $34 million. You know, some of those penny slots, though. Two hundred eighty-five million dollars. <laughs> <That's> insane. <laughs> yeah, I won't be playing those. That's all I. You can think tell you. like everyone goes to casinos to play blackjack or craps? Or I used to go. I used to play roulette all the time. It doesn't even compare. Two hundred eighty-five million in one month just on penny slots. Unreal. Well, the I house... never trusted technology. Like that's what's always crazy to me when I see people doing online casinos. How do you? How in the world do you trust that when you're playing roulette on a computer screen? Not me. Yeah, you seem like you would think like there's like a formula to Mm -hmm. not let you win, basically. Well, I can't wait. I think we're all on the same boat. Uh, Matt, maybe when you're back in this area, we can make a run down there. But uh, I know we're looking forward to it, and it's right around the corner. I mean, you know, Jared said he was in heaven. How about me? We got legalized marijuana and gambling. How about that? That sounds like a day to you, doesn't it? It's a day, all right. <laughs> anyway, Can't wait. Smoking allowed inside. That's something you might need to look into. Yeah, yeah. You're going to want to take your vape. <laughs> all right, we'll move on to the next topic, and it also has to do with Detroit. But before we get to that, just want to remind you that uh, Rivals Tap House and Grill is the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Cheer on the Spartans, Wolverines, Red Wings, Pistons, Tigers coming up. Over 20 high-def TVs, awesome food and drink. Thursday night, 6.30, their weekly My View Point show. And uh, great prizes in that, along with uh, the best part, it's free to play. Some of the upcoming events, they got big plans for the Big Ten basketball tourney coming up this next week. And, you know, we should also throw a plug in here, boys, uh, 315, March 15th, Selection Sunday, and they're partnered up with us again for our bracket challenge. Maybe, Matt, you can give a quick little thumbnail sketch of that. Uh, yeah, so we're bringing back the uh, bracket challenge that we do with our, our awesome partners, Rivals Tap House and Grill. Basically, it's it's the same thing it's been the last few years, or if you've ever played brackets, go on, sign up on ESPN.com. Uh, the name of the bracket is Rivals and 3PP Bracket Time. Uh, but all the information is on our social media sites. It's free to sign up, and uh, if you get if you place in the top three, 
you win gift cards to rivals. So may as well do it. Yep, especially for our local people here. And also, you know, everybody likes a great deal, right? Well, go online to SheridanAuctionService.com for info on upcoming auctions. The auction house is jam-packed with all kinds of great items. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Sign up for email notifications or give our good buddy Troy Crow a call, 989-720-SELL, for other details. And again, another one of our great sponsors that has re-upped for another extended period of time helping us out. Well, Matt, set this next segment up, will you? Yeah, so, you know, we've been kind of tweeting it out, and we've made a post on Facebook and Instagram about uh, some of the stadiums in in Detroit, and maybe we've talked about it on the podcast before, but uh, recently, within the last week or two, you guys might know more specifically, but the Palace, the Palace of Auburn Hills, they started demoing that stadium, and it's just crazy to think that when when I saw that, I knew it was coming, but I just remember thinking, like, man, it's crazy. Like, that stadium's not that old, and they're already knocking it down. They're, they're knocking down Joe Louis Arena, downtown Detroit. The Silverdome has been uh, demoed. Tiger Stadium's been gone for a long time now. So it's like those are four pretty iconic stadiums, arenas, not just in Detroit, but in pro sports. I mean, Joe Louis Arena, the Silverdome. I mean, you talk, Ted, you talk about, like, concerts and stuff. Oh, yeah. You used to see there. And then, you know, the Palace maybe doesn't have the history of, like Tiger Stadium and those other ones, but I mean the Bad Boys played there, and you know the Palace had a lot of great moments there too. So it's it's almost like a little sad to see those four stadiums uh, go away. You know what's funny? Baby boomers, you know, like Ted, they always tweet and they always say that millennials are the worst, Gen Zers are the worst. They're ruining everything. You know who really ruined baseball for me? The baby boomers, the Teds of the world who decided that it would be smart in 1999 to build Comerica Park, which is horrendous. The sun is beating on you the entire time you're at the game. You're so far away from the field. It's horrible. They decided it would be smart to tear down Tiger Stadium and build this Comerica Park. You just look at the photos. All I've seen from Tiger Stadium is the photos. I've seen the music video, Eminem, a beautiful music video, the song. Great music video, great song. I remember showing my dad that when I was nine years old, and it was one of the things that we both could appreciate. But yet, now all we have is Comerica Park and the LCA. I've heard LCA is awesome. Joe Lewis Arena is gone. What is going on? Just keep the old-style stadiums. Like, a perfect dream world scenario. Build Tiger Stadium with the same sort of, you know, concourse and stuff like Comerica Park has in the same location because Comerica Park's in a great spot. Why didn't they just build that there? Instead, they wanted the huge stadium with a million seats, which we never fill. I don't get it. Explain yourself, I mean, Boomer. it's... It, I feel like the the easy answer is, I mean, it's like corporations, right? It's they're they're wanting to take over the sport. Would you say that, Ted? I'd say that more than boomers, but I will say this: I can't speak for everybody else in my age group, but I can speak for myself. And I'm going to have to dig up the article because years ago, when they were talking about building a new uh, baseball stadium. Jared's dad, John, at the time was a sports editor of a local paper here, and I was doing my thing here on the radio. And every once in a while, John and I would have a point-counterpoint article, and I, I've i got it somewhere in my archives. I'm going to dig it up now that Jared is throwing dirt. <laughs> I had took the point that no way should Tiger Stadium be replaced. John took the other point. He's he's come around now. He he. he says they should have kept Tiger Stadium. I'm going to start with Tiger Stadium. They should have just absolutely 
made it more modern. They should have done whatever they could. They couldn't move it to the new spot. That just would be unfeasible. Yeah, I see what you're saying about building it to be the same, but it did have a few drawbacks. I mean, they had they had obstructed view seating with post in the way. Okay, but that people sign up for that. You know that what you're getting when you buy that seat. You don't have to sit, you don't have to sit there. Yeah, but if you're going to build I a new want. stadium, what the hell? You're not going to want obstructed view. Like ten seats are are obstructed view. Who cares? No, ten seats in every little area where those posts come down. Uh, what I'm saying is, they should have never replaced it. They should have put the money into upgrading it. Yeah. I mean, Boston did it with Fenway. That's not going anywhere. Yep. That that's the that's the exact example I was going to bring up. I, I've been to Fenway. I mean, I don't know eight or ten times when I lived up in New England, and there are a ton of awful seats at Fenway, a lot of yeah. obstructed views. I went and watched the Tigers game uh, down the first baseline, sitting basically right behind a pole. And But like Jared said, I mean, you know you're getting into that when you buy the ticket. And at Fenway, you don't care because it's Fenway. It's all about the ambiance. It's all about being at Fenway Park. It's over 100 years old. You know, you're seeing the Red Sox, and especially if you're there seeing your team. I was watching the Tigers. Um, I, I would go to the games there even if the Tigers weren't playing, just to be at Fenway. So, you know, I, th- I think Comerica is cool. I'm with you, uh, Jared, that, like, you are just sitting in the sun baking the whole time, especially yep. in, like, July and August. So that is pretty terrible. I think it's a cool stadium, though, with the downtown view. you got the skyline and all that stuff. I think it's a cool stadium. But I went to Tiger Stadium a couple times when I was, I was like, young. So, like, I barely remember. I don't know if I was really, like, appreciating it when I was there. I remember thinking it was cool, like hearing my dad talk about how cool it was and like my grandpa and stuff telling me like how cool it was to be at Tiger Stadium. But I do kind of wish I would have been able to go when I actually like soaked it in and appreciated it because those old stadiums, they're just not the same anymore. I mean, in another example, just real quick, I went to the original Yankee Stadium. I went to that three or four times, mm. and it was incredible. I mean, it was starting to fall apart a little bit. But then I went to three or four, five games at the new Yankee Stadium, and it was just like it was an awful experience. It was just like you were at a corporate park or something like that. Like it was cool because it was super nice. It was the new Yankee Stadium, but it was like no, they should have just put money into the original Yankee Stadium and kept it. Yeah, and I, you know, you talked about Fenway. That's still one of my top bucket list things to go do is watch a game at Fenway. And if I'm going to go see a game there, I'm going to spend the extra money because I am going to sit on the wall. That would be iconic. I know it's cost a lot of money. Yeah, that was my biggest takeaway. I went to Wrigley Field when I was like 12 years old, and I remember we had, and I think Ted went with us actually too. Now that I think about it, we sat upper deck, mm-hmm. and I remember you 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 hear that, and you're used to Comerica Park, and I remember thinking, oh, this these seats are gonna be horrible. I get up there, and it's the best view I've ever had of a game. You're you're right on top of the stadium, you're right on top of the field. You're you almost feel like you're right there, unlike at Comerica Park and all these other parks like the Big House where they build it out, it's yeah. still up. It's that's the way to do it. And Tiger Stadium was unique. Because even Wrigley Field, like there's there's not stands really in the outfield. Tiger Stadium was all the way around, and you had the left field where people and the right field where people could hit home runs right into you. Right and field porch. Cool just thinking about yeah. and, and and the thing that bothers me about this is this wasn't like it was something that just Detroit people love. Like we had the real potential to be right up there with the Fenways and the Wrigleys and all of those that are like that, and, and the Madison Square Gardens because kind of a crazy fact that I that I, when I heard I thought it was crazy Bill Burr comedian uh, we all know him big time Boston guy huge Red Sox fan he has like a bucket list type thing that I could see Ted doing or something down the road where he wants to go to every single arena like ever every professional sports and I think he's done it other than maybe one or two hockey arenas and of all the stadiums he's been to in his entire life 
is number one is Tiger State. Wow. So when you hear something like that, it's like, why in the world do we tear this thing down? Yeah, it's a shame. And like Matt said, I mean, it was all corporate more than boomers. Of course, maybe the corporate people like Illich, uh, you know, were boomers. But it was a shame. And I'm on record. I never wanted to see Tiger Stadium and go. And since we're talking about stadiums, I've been to I've been to all of them. Joe Lewis, I saw a couple of Red Wing hockey games there. It was nothing special, but, you know, they won those championships there. I wish I would have gone to Olympia back in the day. That was uh, the stadium that the Red Wings played in before Joe Lewis Arena, and I guess that was quite a place to watch a game. But I didn't really have any love loss for Joe Lewis. It's a shame it was tore down, but, you know, I guess Little Caesars is okay for the Red Wings. Now, you talk about the Silverdome. They just outgrew that. The stadium, Ford Field downtown, is far superior to the Silverdome. I I kind of agree with Jared's point, though, that it would be nice to have the Lions be an outdoor team. At the very least, it would have been nice if they would have invested the more money at the time they built it to have a retractable roof so they could play football outdoors but have concerts and different events you know, inside where it's nice and warm. But I can live with Ford Field. I think for an indoor stadium, that's as good as it gets, and it's definitely far superior than the Silverdome. The only drawback for us, the Silverdome was an awesome, awesome setting to go to a Lions game and tailgate right in the parking lot. It had one of the biggest parking lots of all. And I also have fond memories of the Silverdome, watching the Pistons play there when they uh, had Kelly Tripuca, Kent Benson, and early on Isaiah Thomas, watching them play the Celtics there, 50,000 people. I was sitting up in the nosebleed section at the Silverdome. This is in the day and age before the technology where you're in a stadium. They have, you know, they have microphones down on the floor so you can hear the dribbling and the sneakers. You couldn't hear a darn thing sitting up in the <laughs> nosebleed section back in those days. It was bizarre. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of memories there. Saw Led Zeppelin at the Silverdome. I mean, a lot of, lot of good things, but Ford Field's better. Now, I do have a final thought on the Palace, though. I think that the Pistons, I I truly think they made a huge mistake leaving the palace that, that thing was built in 88 the bad boys created uh, you know their whole their whole generation there it, it was still a very viable building and it, you know they could fill it up with different concerts the acoustics were great in there I just still scratch my head that they decided that it was better off to go share a stadium rent you know rent playing time from Little Caesars instead of having your own venue and be the only one out of downtown Detroit where you could bring in the outstate people a lot easier. I just think, and I, I've always been on record saying they made a big mistake. Yeah, and, and I mean, right now it's not looking that good, maybe because the team hasn't been good since LCA started. But I mean, they're not putting any butts in the seats at Little Caesars Arena. That that might more be the team, you know, not being very good, but. Yeah, it's hard to argue that because the Palace was a cool place to watch a game. It maybe it was because, you know, in those early 2000s, the team was good and you were seeing better play maybe in, in some of these eras with the bad boys and stuff like that. Grant Hill, you know, you were seeing some better players and some better play. But the Palace was a cool place to go. And I wonder if part of, I mean, maybe they didn't think about it when they built the Silverdome or the Palace, but maybe it was just that it was in Pontiac and Auburn Hills and not downtown Detroit. That really was like the downfall of those two arenas. Probably was ultimately, you know, they want to they want to see the Detroiters go to the game, but I still think more fans come from the suburbs than inner city Detroit anyway. There's plenty of articles, and maybe we've even talked, but there, that maybe that was part of the plan 
let's try and appeal to the people who are actually living in Detroit, mm-hmm. put the stadiums in Detroit. But, yeah, it, like right now, I know it, it doesn't look that good because wasn't there a bunch of other promises that were made by the Illich family or whatever to, like, revitalize some other areas downtown, and that's kind of halted too? Yeah, it's come to a screeching halt. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully, maybe, who knows, maybe Greektown, maybe the casinos kind of get some money flowing and, and get that stuff going, but, but we'll see. So we, we posted uh, this topic on Facebook, and just to read a couple comments from some followers, uh, Sam Vowell or Vowell, however, yep. how do you say his last name? Do you guys know? Vowell, I think, isn't yeah, it? Vowell. Yeah, he, he commented. He said, I was at the last game of the World Series in 84 at Tiger Stadium, one of those moments I'll never forget. Somehow Tiger Stadium sod came home with me that <laughs> night and is still growing at my parents' house. So I, I'd be curious That's what that story cool. is. Somehow yeah. that sod came <laughs> home. I, I'd be curious what that is. And then uh, Scott Feldpausch, yep. we pronouncing that wrong too, but he said, by a mile, my favorite is Tiger Stadium. So many games there, so many memories. First game there, 1976 versus the White Sox. Rookie Mark Fidrich, left field, lower deck seats. Right behind my favorite Tiger left fielder, Steve Kemp. <laughs> it was quite a day, and $4 bleacher seats were also cool. So, I mean, those are just memories that, that makes you want to go to a game at Tiger Stadium, I think. It, it really does. And it's like, I, I, like I said, I fell down a rabbit hole when I, started, when I first saw these photos. So a couple of the big events they had that weren't even, like the Lions played there until 1974, I think. Yep. Uh, Joe Lewis had like a heavyweight fight there and the, whatever he fought uh, at Tiger Stadium. The, Notre Dame's first night game they ever played was at Tiger Stadium. Wow. Uh, against the University of Detroit Mercy. And like you said, I like the Palace as well. I'm surprised that it's even as old as it was. Like until a few years ago, I really didn't know that it was built in 1988. I would have guessed like the 2000s. I always thought it was sweet. And the thing that it always had, like, talk about just the all-time stadium name, Palace. Yes. That's the best. Nothing's better than that. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Uh, was it Bill Davidson? That was his brainchild. And uh, he was a hell of an owner for the Pistons. Definitely invested. I guess one more thing I have. One yeah. more thing I do have on this. So when, when Comerica Park was built, was that from taxpayer money? Like, was that voted on? I think some of the infrastructure. The boomers did this. I don't know. Some of the some of the infrastructure, you know, the road uh, changes and stuff like that. I think was taxpayer money. I don't think the stadium was. I think that was all Illich. I could be wrong though. Because wasn't that part of the argument with Little Caesars Arena? Wasn't that taxpayer money? Hmm. That could be. I I, I can't really comment a hundred percent on that. You might be right. Uh, I'm going to come up with the answer here in moments. I, I feel like I remember that, or maybe that was part of the argument was some of the other stuff the the parking lots and some of the stuff surrounding lca was going to be taxpayer money right i, I feel like i just remember hearing that before jared finds definitively just... it is uh i got it right here okay, okay. it was financed via 86 million dollars in stadium authority bonds paid off by rental car and hotel room taxes uh by wayne county voters in 1996 they got like 40 million from private investing Oh, okay. Excuse me. One hundred forty-five million. Uh, so basically, half of it was from taxpayer money. Half of it was from the Illich family. Okay. So they taxed uh, hotels and whatnot in the oh, area. Yeah. I don't know. That's a that's a good question. No, I just read they people did vote on it. They voted for basically the half would be paid by the Illich family. The other half would be taxpayer money. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. You think it was all boomers? I think. Well, that's who did it. Right? <laughs> I guess I guess you're right. I guess they voted for it, so you got me on that one. 
Hey, before we wrap up the show and maybe throw a couple other thoughts out there, I just want to tell you about Card Service Michiana. They offer the best credit card setup and equipment for both new and existing merchants. Guaranteed to save you money, no contract, no monthly minimums, or early termination fees. Contact us here at 3-Point Pod for details. Check out the ProMec Pros for any industrial field service projects, large or small. ProMec Engineering, they specialize in turnkey installation, startups, and specialty plastic fabrication. For more details, go online at pro-mech.com or hit us up here at Three Point Pod. I think we've hit on most of the topics, guys. One thing that's been bothering me. Oh, no, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, coronavirus. Are people losing their freaking minds out there, or am I just uh, poo-pooing things? I know we talked right. about it a little bit last week, but I wish people would just calm down you know, wash your hands, use some sanitizer. You know, people are going crazy. I don't know if you saw Mike Pence and his people. You know, they're going nuts, hitting elbows. And I saw uh, the North Carolina coach and Coach K, you know, Roy Williams and Coach Roy K Williams. hitting el- elbows. Yeah, Roy Williams. Uh, I mean, man, it's getting out of control. Okay, if you don't want to shake somebody's hands, that's one thing. But how many doorknobs are you going to turn? How many gas pumps are you going to use? Just wash your hands and use some sanitizer. Yeah, and don't be, like, picking your nose and touching doorknobs and then rubbing your eyes or stuff like that. I mean, stuff you shouldn't – I feel like a lot of it – like, yes, kind of like what we said last week. Yes. It's real. Something to think about. Yep. You know, you need to be aware of it. It obviously is a problem, but this is all stuff you probably should have been doing all along anyway. Right. So, like, if all of a sudden now – you aren't, like, wiping your butt with your hand because of the coronavirus. Like, that was probably a problem before. (laughs) It's not bothering me yet, but I am worried. You've been hearing them say rumors about, oh, the March Madness games are going to be played in an empty stadium. The NBA is debating not playing games with people in the stands, which LeBron said, I'm not playing if there's no fans, which I love. Yes. It's a joke. It's getting blown out of proportion, and if it starts affecting my life, where, like I said, they're starting to affect March Madness, then I'm going to be pissed. And and, uh, and maybe this will be a freezing cold take when we're all dead. Yeah. And Ted's <laughs> living in a bunker. But I just, I don't know. That's the way I view it right now is do not let this affect sports. And then maybe that's me thinking of, like, that's not even that big of a deal. No. Like it's really narrow-minded, but that's what I think of. That's a great take, Jared. That's that's part of the calm down, people. You've got to be kidding right. me. I mean, part of it, too, is, like, I was, I was about to say, like, we're all adults. I mean, maybe not everyone, but, you know, like, you, you should be responsible for your own decisions. If you want to risk it, if you want to call it that, and go to a March Madness game, you should be allowed to. Now, if you don't want to, cool, stay home and watch on your couch. Like, that, that should be fine. Like, you people go out and ride in the subways in New York City all the time. Do you think, like, those are germ-free? Definitely <laughs> not. So, you know, like, people choose to do stuff like that all the time. So, right, like, yes, you need to be taking precautions and need to be smart. Like, I saw, I saw a lady the other day at, at one of the games um, at the SEC Women's Tournament at work. We, you know, it's going on this weekend. There was a chick, a lady before the game. She was at the site, like, crushing a huge chili dog. I mean, like, I, I like chili dogs, but this thing looked almost, like, nasty. It was like a foot-long chili dog, onions, sauerkraut, like, huge. But, like, right under her chin, she had her mask. I was like, so you're worried you're putting that garbage in your body, but then you're, like, also going to slide the mask up because you're, like, scared of the coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, You're not worried about what you're putting in your body, what you're eating right now, but, you know, you don't want some someone to, like, cough and possibly get some 
some germs or something. It's just kind of funny. You know, it, it's a real deal. I mean, we know that the virus is out there like like SARS was before and all these other ones. And, yes, people that are susceptible, they're going to be affected by it. In fact, I'll even throw this in there. My parents, they weren't feeling all that well uh, today. They, You know, and the, and I usually take them to church on Sundays. They said, you know what, with this thing going on and not feeling well, probably shouldn't go this week, and they're going to keep an eye on things. And I can respect that, but you know what? They're 90 years old. Yeah. They don't need to be getting the flu, period. Right. So the only precautions I'm making is I, I am washing my hands a little bit more, and I am carrying hand sanitizer. But that's about it. And should should have been doing that anyway. Right. Yeah, kind of like what we talked about like when we were talking about at, when, when I was at Disney with my friends. We were using hand sanitizer a little more. Like today we went to the park with my daughter, and we put hand sanitizer on her hands a couple times, and when we left, you know. So, yeah. like, you know, yeah, you, you like I said, you need to think about this stuff for sure, but right, it's probably stuff that maybe maybe it's like eye opening. Maybe you should be washing your hands a little more anyway, or maybe you shouldn't be touching certain things or touching your face as much as you used to, or something like that. But not that I mean, I, I, I was about to say I, I feel like I might this might be like a boomer comment, like I'd hear from from Jared that I sound like a boomer, but I do think that part of the like panic and hysteria is social media. Yeah, like people will make one little meme or like maybe there someone does pass away from the virus or something like that and people make like just ridiculous memes or videos or whatever and it spreads like wildfire on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and there's so many people who whatever they see on social media they think is real they start sharing they start going crazy running to Costco buying 700 rolls of toilet paper <laughs> and stuff and it's like I, I do think social media and the like 24-hour news is kind of feeding into this panic. Well, I agree with you there. And I mean, I, I, that's what set me off earlier today, seeing the people in a panic buying toilet paper and, you know, cl clearing the shelves at a place. Come on. You know, are you really that concerned you can't go to the grocery store? Is it really going to be this bad? I don't like think I so. Said, uh, you, you are on your, as, as Matt like says, you're on your soapbox right now, but just wait. You're going to be the idiot that's dead in a week. Uh, I'll take a bet. I'll take a bet on that. I'm not too concerned. I, I agree with one thing you said, though. I hate to see it affecting different events. I mean, there, you know, the, even and, and Matt brought up social media. It's media in general. Social media, yeah, things explode. But even the news at night, you know, I, I think general media because it's a big story. It you know it brings in viewers, listeners, whatever. Yeah. So they jump on it, and then the public, a bunch of stupid idiots. That's all I can say. Be safe out there, but come on. Use a little common sense. Yep. That's all. Jared, I hope I'm around next week for the program, but otherwise you guys can carry on. <laughs> I was going to say, if, if from the sounds of it, Ted, if you get sick and you have to miss another pod, oh, man, you're going to never oh, hear the end of it. it it'll be big. I am clipping the shit out of what this last, like, five minutes if he ends up getting sick. All right. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But I will tell you, I'll be doing five high school basketball game play-by-play -play this week. I'm not going to do it from a video monitor. I'm going to be sitting right in the gym, boys. You're going to have a mask on, though? <laughs> some some listeners would prefer I did, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys have anything else you want to add before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, I would just say, like I said, I mentioned the Tiger Stadium thing. Uh, Eminem, I kind of refound this music video. It's a great one. Uh, beautiful. Matt probably knows it, where he's basically yeah. rapping with Tiger Stadium getting destroyed behind him. Pretty cool. So yeah. if you haven't seen that, I would check it out. I have seen it, but it's been a while. I may look at it. Is that on YouTube? Yep. I'll check it out. 
All right, guys. Uh, I think we had a fun pod, the three of us tonight. Uh, you know, we'll close it up right now. Just all, all our listeners out there, be sure to subscribe and rate us on all the big podcasting sites, including Apple Podcast and SoundCloud. It's absolutely free, and it helps us continue to grow. Send your comments on topics or guest suggestions to at Three Point Pod. Support our partners and tell them you listen in. Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, The Corona Public Schools, and Promec engineering also be sure to check out our network friends at sports radio detroit and next week we're going to get our crystal ball out and take a look at march madness i can't wait thanks again for listening to and supporting three-point podcast